Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the chance to come and celebrate our beloved friend. Lord, we thank you that you are the God of the living. We thank you that you are the resurrection. Lord, our hope is in you. And our hearts are comforted by the fact that Daniel stands with you now. Lord, may your comfort overflow to every man and woman in this room. May your comfort overflow to those that listen online. You are our great king. And to serve you is joy itself. Thank you, mighty God, that Daniel has entered into that joy. Amen. You may be seated. We want to welcome you this morning to our celebration, to the memorial service for Daniel Clay Smith. Today, as we celebrate our dear brother's life, we are joined by churches that love you, that love the Smiths, stretching from Indonesia to Peru, to India, to Mexico. Our friends from Chicago, Pastor Zeke Lamb is here from Virginia, Louisiana, and several other congregations, and we're going to introduce you to our pastors in just a little while, but we want to let you know, Randy, kids, that we are all in love with you guys, and this is going to be a celebration for you today. We're going to have a good time. Daniel's parents, Bill and Martha Smith, are viewing with us right now. As are Daniel's siblings, Brooke, Chase, and Ashley. Daniel's loved by the body of Christ everywhere, including dozens of aunts, uncles, fun-loving cousins, and, of course, Daniel's nephews and nieces. Hayden, Presley, Easton, Bryson, Eli, Emma Kate, Roman, Ada Grace, and Naomi. This morning, in conjunction with Daniel's wishes, we're going to worship singing his favorite songs. Amen. And we're going to do it with the great loves of Daniel's life. His beloved wife, Randy, whom he affectionately, and I think we can all agree quite appropriately, refers to as Rambo. <laughs> His sons, Deacon, Zadok, and Cannon. You know, those names needed no addendums. Their excellency stands on its own. As we all welcome in the presence of God this morning, doing it exactly as Daniel was accustomed to doing it. Remember that Daniel is in the fullness of the presence of God himself. Amen. What we are about to do is taste of the age to come. Amen. What our brother is doing right now is feasting on the age to come. We are going to worship, and we're going to do it with all of our heart, and I want you to imagine Daniel's thunderous voice among us. Because if the biblical text is to be believed, he is among us right now in a great cloud of witnesses. LCM, would you stand on your feet as we begin to worship?
the grave won't hold me down. I'm shaking all chains, no longer bound. Taking back everything the enemy stole. They will walk in the dead will rise. The blind eyes will rise. Come on.
Father, we thank you that we can fellowship with your spirit that brings us comfort. Lord, that we feel as if our friend Daniel is with us right now because we feel his best friend, Jesus, with us. Lord, as we move forward in this celebration, as we grieve, mighty God, help us to show faith with smiles on our faces. Lord, as tears stream from our faith, face, let us fight also with praises from our mouth. Yes. We long for the resurrection of the dead. Yes. Amen. Amen. Please take your seats. These events must seem very strange to some.
You've now no doubt heard that Daniel Smith of Houston, Texas has died. Don't believe a word of it. At this moment, he's never been more alive. He's gone up higher. That's all. He's left his old clay tenement behind in exchange for a house that is immortal. Our brother Daniel is right now receiving a body that death cannot touch, that sin cannot stain, a body fashioned unto the glorious body of our King Jesus. Daniel Smith was born in the flesh, November 12, 1987. Daniel was born of the Spirit of God, December of 2010. That which is born of the flesh may die. Daniel was born of the Spirit of God and he lives forever. Romans chapter 8 and verse 23 and 24 says this. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. See, having pledged his life and death to Jesus Christ in 2010, Daniel's intensity and fervor reached heavenly heights in March of 2015 as he was baptized afresh in God's Holy Spirit right here in this place. See, from that moment on, he understood and longed for the resurrection of the dead. Daniel had the first fruits of the Spirit, and that Holy Spirit drew him ever closer to his King. Church, we are Daniel's pastors, and we can testify with confidence that Daniel is in the fullness of the Spirit now. And his body will rise on the great day of our God. 2 Corinthians 5.1 says this, Now we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God. An eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. See, one of the best testimonies that we can give you from Daniel's life is how the Lord's hand was building an eternal house for him while at LCM. Get this, in 2015, I had the honor of performing a vow renewal for Daniel and Randy, restoring their covenant with each other and with God. Amen. In 2016, Daniel went to Peru with the Brassos <laughs> to aid in establishing a work that is still making an impact in Peru today. Amen. In 2017, Daniel joined me and Pastor Wade in our first trip to Aguas Calientes yeah. to help revive a ministry and put it on better footing. See, he and his family have visited that ministry in Aguas Calientes ever since, from 2017 on. In 2018, Daniel traveled to India with Pastor Wade. Perfect timing. Bringing life and encouragement to churches throughout southern India. And in 2019, Daniel and his family traveled to nearly every one association church, bringing that same impactful life-giving spirit. That's why so many of the One Association pastors are here this morning and so many congregations are watching online. Daniel left an impact everywhere he went. Daniel's great love for our king clearly grew in intensity and in activity every year. In congruence with what Second Peter 1 says, Daniel possessed the qualities of Jesus in increasing measure. 
every year of his earthly service increased. He showed himself to be a faithful son of God and a faithful soldier in the commission of Jesus Christ. From this point on at Life Changing Ministries, we're going to include a remembrance section of our service every single Sunday. Our Hebrew brothers call this Kaddish. It's a time when you stand in recognition that some of our brothers have beat us to the goal. It's a chance for us to honor for a year following somebody's entrance into glory, their service. It is also a reminder that they are with us, even though their bodies have fallen. Furthermore, it's a compulsion for us to follow in their very great example. See, we grieve our brother's absence, but we also celebrate the glory that they now enjoy, for that is the reality. See, Daniel believed what Isaiah said, and his life proved it in, in every way. In Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 19, it says this, But your dead will live. Their bodies will rise. You who dwell in the dust, wake up and shout for joy. Your dew is like the dew of the morning. The earth will give birth to her dead. We, the people of God, shout for joy through our grief as an expression of the hope that we share with Daniel. Come on, is there a Holy Ghost-filled man in this room that will shout hallelujah with us today? Come on, you know that's exactly what Daniel would have done. He'd have been the loudest voice in here, rumbling through this. You can imagine that thunderous voice now with us. See, we, the people of God, long for our reunion with our beloved brother as we inherit glorified bodies with Daniel. Wow, that was unexpected. unexpected. That reminds me of the That's time like that, Daniel. that right here, Daniel did the centipede. Uh, yeah, hey, full of surprises. Full of who, surprises. Who could have known such a large athletic man was, was that nimble? He was flexible. We, the people of God, long for our reunion with our beloved brother as we inherit glorified bodies with Daniel. See, we, the people of God, affirm with our lives and when necessary, our deaths, as Daniel has done, that our hope is in the resurrection of the dead. Hallelujah. Come on. See, Daniel loved the scripture and he believed in its absolute sufficiency and supremacy. A scripture like Isaiah 25, verse 6, on this mountain. The Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all peoples, a banquet of aged wine, the best of meats, and the finest of wines. Look, I I have to interrupt for a second, because the truth is, is Daniel liked to eat. (laughs) And on more than one occasion, Daniel liked to drink. (laughs) On a few of those occasions, more than I should probably admit to publicly, We ate and drank together somewhat liberally. I'm looking forward to doing that again with my friend on a mountain in Israel. And we will do it for the scripture declares it. Amen. Well, you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, Daniel was not the only one who liked to eat. No, he's not. Uh, That would also include me. In fact, Daniel and I would bring our families and uh, frequently patron a place called Shabu Zone. That's Elder John's fault. <laughs> Thank you, Elder John. And you know what? It seemed, it seemed that to the workers there, 
that Daniel and I's continual consumption or portion sizes that never stopped were a threat to Shabuzon's actual existence. Like a you leave now kind of attitude is what they have. At this all-you-can-eat buffet, we were, we were threatened their, their ability to survive. But you know what I'll eagerly look forward to? The next buffet with our king where we can sit together and eat the finest of wines and the finest of meats for eternity. <laughs> look, I have to admit as a pastor, uh, I enjoy some fine wine. Look, but one of the enjoyable things about my friend Daniel is that uh, it didn't always have to be fine wine for him to enjoy it. No, it didn't. There's, there's, been, there's been rumor of, of boxed wines that could go just as well as any expensive <laughs> bottle. But though uh, Daniel did prefer a little uh, 1792 bourbon uh, at times. Look, we look forward to enjoying these feasting in the kingdom that is to come, to enjoy that fourth cup of wine in the kingdom of God on earth with Daniel in the days Amen. ahead. Amen. Verse 7, we'll pick up. On this mountain, he will destroy the shroud that enfolds all peoples, the sheet that covers all nations. He will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces. He will remove the disgrace of his people from all the earth. The Lord has spoken. From this sufficiency and supremacy of Scripture, we know that what is mortal has been swallowed up by the immortal dwelling for Daniel Smith. Look, the truth is, is that you and I, we must soldier on. We must race to the finish line until every tear is wiped away. There are many reasons for that, but this morning, I think we ought to emphasize that it's exactly what Daniel would want. It's what Daniel did do. Yeah. Today is a day of grieving, but I want to remind you that's not all it is. It is glorious because our hope is in line with the Scripture. Death will be rolled away, and we will all be reunited with Daniel. As victorious conquerors over this world and its systems. And we will do it by trusting obedience to Jesus Christ. Amen. Verse 9 goes on to say this. In that day, they will say, surely this is our God. We trusted in him and he saved us. This is the Lord. We trusted in him. Let us rejoice and be glad in his salvation. Church, we got to tell you this this morning that Daniel has experienced the full salvation of our great God and King. Yeah. Oh, he has. In fact, we will join him in experiencing that same salvation. Look, we will all do it together if we finish as well as Daniel has finished. Amen. Amen. I, I've been a pastor a long time. I understand that there are questions in the room. Questions like why. They, they often plague my own thoughts. Why? Why now? Why did this happen? We want to encourage you that the why, that's beyond us. A much better question is how. How will you face death? Yeah. How will you finish? It's, it's our determination as a body to be inspired by our brother's victorious finish. Amen. We want to do as well as he has done. Amen. Look, at this time we're going to do something that is special. We're going to play the introduction to a message that Daniel preached in January of this year. There'll be more excerpts from it coming. We just want you to hear how he opened his message. Look, I don't get, I don't get the privilege too often to preach. So, y'all bear with me here. 
and uh, this is the first time I've preached on a computer. So I typed up my message, and uh, we'll see what happens tonight. So if things crash, I do not have a plan B. All right? That's faith, bro. That's faith. That's faith. See, that's actually what we're talking about tonight, a little bit of that, about having faith beyond measure this year. Okay? And so tonight, uh, actually from New Year's, what I've really been studying on is, uh, is trust in the Lord. Look, there are going to be more excerpts from Daniel's message. But what we want you to know, what he did, he trusted in the Lord. He trusted in the Lord with all of his being. I've been a pastor long enough to be asked to lie at people's funerals. This is not one that you have to say anything untrue about. The man loved the Lord. He did. So should you. Amen. In fact, not long ago, Elder Charlie recently comforted the ministry team with this passage, Isaiah 51, verse 1 and 2. Good people pass away. The godly often die before their time. But no one seems to care or wonder why. No one seems to understand that God is protecting them from the evil to come. For those who follow godly paths will rest in peace when they die. See, church, our brother Daniel's hard service has been completed. And completed with valor. With victory. And now he rests in the presence of the Lord as our service must continue. If you're struggling for the meaning in all of this, we suggest that you draw from Daniel's example and finish well in the kingdom. See, church, because you know Daniel, because we are family, that is what Daniel would want. That is what Daniel's king commands each of us. And that is what the people of God must and will do. Amen. Saints. Daniel is Randy's husband. Daniel is Deacon, Zadok, and Cannon's father. Daniel is your brother, and Daniel is my friend. In his absence, it seems like we are surrounded by cloudy days. Days when it's difficult to see light, and the shade of darkness seems to encompass all about us. But it's something to be encouraged by that that's not the only association that you can have with a cloudy day. The scripture defines them in another way. I'm going to read to you from Deuteronomy 4. I'm picking up in verse 11. You came near and stood at the foot of the mountain while it blazed with fire to the very heavens with black clouds and deep darkness. Then the Lord spoke to you out of the fire. You heard the sound of words, but saw no form. There was only a voice. See, in this passage, Moses entered into the clouds and darkness that encompassed the mountain of God. The people could no longer see him, but in fact, he was meeting with God. Neither God nor Moses was visible to the people, but they could still hear God's voice. And so can we. We have a very sure hope for Daniel, and a very sure hope for ourselves. The people did see Moses again, and we will see Daniel again. I want to show you in another passage what happened when the people were united with Moses again. This is Exodus 34, 29. When Moses came down from the mountain with the two tablets of testimony in his hands, he was not aware that his face was radiant. Because he had spoken with the Lord. Moses' face shone with the glory of God. 
the next time you see Daniel, his face will be even more radiant than the last time you saw him. Amen. Daniel is privy to the mysteries of the kingdom of God at this very moment. Daniel right now knows the origin of Melchizedek. <laughs> Daniel now knows the seventh seal of Revelation and exactly what that means for believers. Daniel now knows where his employees used to disappear to on material runs that should take 30 minutes and took four hours. He now knows. If I could talk to him right now, I would ask him what the mysterious force is that removes one sock from the other in the dryer always. Every mystery is being revealed to our friend now. Amen. When you feel like it is a cloudy day, remember that our brother has entered into the clouds because he's meeting with God. Amen. I'd like to read one more passage to you. It's Hebrews 11. I'm starting in verse 39. These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Daniel has finished his race and he is in the cloud of witnesses. He is urging you on towards a victorious finish line. The clouds of God's presence have always seemed ominous to those that stand at a distance. But for those that are acquainted with God's presence, there's a comforting familiarity in it. Daniel is one with the great cloud of witnesses now. And every time you feel like it's cloudy outside, remember what that means. Our brother is with the king. Our brother is urging, compelling, and calling out to you to finish with excellence. Man, I can, I can feel him calling now. I'd like to play for you another excerpt from his message. Clothed with salvation, ever singing of joy. I desire to have that clothing of salvation. I desire to always choose joy over stress. And that is a hard thing for me to do. See, the first 11 days of this year has been a testing trial for Daniel Smith. Pretty stressful in my business. Pretty stressful with doctor reports. Pretty stressful raising children. But you know what? That doesn't give you an excuse not to be joyful. I choose joy to wear. I choose to wear salvation so that when I'm out in the field, people do see the hardships, they do see the stress, but what they see more of is that Daniel has a man of salvation, that Daniel is a man of joy. I don't want to hide the fact that I struggle. I don't want to hide the fact that it's hard, but I want to show you that we can do it and walk in joy and walk in salvation because that's who we're called to be. Because isn't he worth it? Yes. It's one thing I'm realizing more and more. He's worth it. He's worth it. 
Jesus is worth it. Amen. Daniel believed it. We believe it. And so should you. Amen. You know, cloudy days are spoken of frequently in the scriptures. Second Samuel 22, starting in verse 10. He parted the heavens and came down. Dark clouds were under his feet. He mounted the cherubim and flew. He soared on the wings of the wind. He made darkness his canopy around him, the dark rain clouds of the sky. Out of the brightness of his presence, bolts of lightning blazed forth. The Lord thundered from heaven. The voice of the Most High resounded. He shot arrows and scattered the enemies, bolts of lightning, and routed them. The valleys of the sea were exposed, and the foundations of the earth laid bare at the rebuke of the Lord, at the blast of breath from his nostrils. He reached down from on high and took hold of me. Amen. He drew me out of deep waters. Church, your cloudy days will give way to the victorious presence of the Almighty within them. He rides the clouds and they are the witnesses of his glory. Daniel is now one of those witnesses. See this last verse where he reached down from on high and took hold of me. This is very important. See what looks ominous at first is actually deliverance. Daniel is not abandoned to death. He has now been rescued from it. Yes. During your cloudy times, the Lord's presence will also rescue you from the effects of death. See, remember, during the cloudy days ahead, what the book that Daniel was named after says. Daniel 7, 13. In my vision at night, I looked, and there before me was one like the Son of Man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days and was led into His presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All peoples, nations, and men of every language worshipped Him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and His kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. See, church, despairing days will pass away, but Daniel Smith lives forever with our King. Yes! Every time that you are having a cloudy day, we want you to remember that Daniel is one with the great cloud of witnesses within it. Man, what an encouraging thought. Church, as we begin to prepare for testimonies in our order of service. (laughs) Remember what the Gospel of Matthew says in Matthew 17 and verse 5. While he was still speaking... A bright cloud enveloped them. And a voice from the cloud said, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said, and do not be afraid. Jesus himself was enveloped by a cloud of witnesses. He was surrounded by those who were faithful within their own lifetimes. Men like Moses Men like Elijah. Men like our brother Daniel Smith. At first, this cloudy day seemed ominous. The disciples were afraid. But as they began to understand the cloudy day for what it was, though, they wanted to live in it forever. See, our brother Daniel is one with the great cloud of witnesses. And every time you are having a cloudy day, get up. Overcome fear. Glorify God with the truth. That we were meant to live in the cloud of witnesses. Daniel Smith has just beaten us to that destination. Amen. 
Our final scripture is from a book that Daniel personally loved. It's the book of Revelation. This is actually a highlighted verse in his Bible. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 7 says, Look, he is coming with the clouds and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all the peoples of the earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. See, Daniel knew that Jesus Christ was returning in a glorified body to glorify those saints who have been faithful. See, for some that will be a day of mourning because they did not live faithfully as Daniel has done. But for men like Daniel, men like you in this room are called to be. That cloudy day will be our great reunion and we will all be with Daniel in the presence of God here on this earth. Amen. There's nothing more important that we could tell you. Nothing Daniel himself would want us to emphasize more than make yourself ready. Amen. In fact, Daniel's legacy is calling to us from the cloud of witnesses even now. Listen to what his sermon goes on to say as he speaks of mortality being swallowed up by immortality. 1 Corinthians 15, 51. Uh, read it, Spence. Listen. I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. Keep going. Go through 54. In a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound. The dead will be raised and perishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with the immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable, and the mortal with the immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in a victory. Is it not time for us to swallow up death? Is it not time for us as men and women of God to clothe ourselves with the imperishable word of God? I don't care if you are called to the fivefold ministry, but we all have a responsibility to represent Christ to the fullest. Walk in elevation. Walk in a manner worthy of the King clothed in Him. It's time that we take the Word seriously. Daniel certainly took the Word seriously, didn't he? Yeah. His, uh, his prayer was that you make yourself ready by doing the same. Amen. We are going to finish Daniel's message, but it seems appropriate during this time that we might share some testimonies in the room. And uh, I would like to start with pastors or elders in the One Association. Uh, If you would just come forward. Oh, I think Elder Charlie goes first. Not because it's appropriate, it's because I'm the oldest one in the room. <laughs> you know, Daniel and I used to sit and we would talk from time to time. And uh, I didn't realize it, but I'm from an old school and I, I have uh, a few sayings. And Daniel had a habit of picking up on it. 
<laughs> you know, we'll be working on something, and uh, it comes together pretty good. And I said, man, that thing fits like socks on a rooster. <laughs> well, Daniel didn't have a clue what I was talking about, but he liked it because it fit, it fit the circumstances. <laughs> but I had another one that when we were going through struggles, and we'd be talking, and neither one of us knew the answer to. I said, I don't know about that, but I know God is still on the throne. Whenever Daniel came against barriers and things in his life, he'd repeat that back to me. I don't know, but God is still on the throne. Amen. But today, he's standing there with it. Amen. Amen. Uh, can you put that picture up on the screen for me, please? This is, uh, we made three trips, seven, 2017, 18, and uh, 19, to Agua And uh, up in your top left-hand corner, that little guy is Freddie. Fred, Freddie was a, a drug dealer. He lived next door to the church. And whenever he would see Pastor Romero coming, he'd go hide because he didn't want him to tell him, talk to him about Jesus. But his mother came over and said she needed someone to come and pray for her son. So Freddie went over. I think it was Freddie's brother. But Freddie, I mean, uh, Daniel went over. And then he got to witnessing to Freddie. And he called Freddie out. And... Uh, they hit it off pretty good. And then he led Freddie to the Lord. Amen. So Freddie started and began the, to attend the church there in August. <clears throat> so the next year, here's the picture in the top right. Here's Freddie. And he had been saved and attending church there. But he wasn't wholeheartedly. He wasn't sold out. As a matter of fact, when we came, he wasn't even, even there that night. And Daniel said, I'm not putting up with that. So Daniel went in his house and got the young man and brought him out, and he, sent, he attended every service. From that day on, he, he was the most faithful disciple that Pastor Romero had. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> and the bottom picture is Freddie... Last year, in September, and Freddie was not only the best disciple that he had, Freddie was the most faithful. Freddie did all the work around the church. Whatever Pastor Romero needs, he's there for him. Amen. Amen? Amen. And you know, <clears throat> in Proverbs uh, 11.30, the fruit of the righteous... Is a tree of life. Amen. And he who wins souls is wise. Amen. You know, Daniel, when he first came here, he thought he was called to Peru. But one trip there, the Lord told otherwise. <laughs> but last year in November, a group from here made a trip. Peru 
to work with uh, Buddy. And on that trip, we took three people from Agus Colonetes. Freddie was one of them. Amen. So even though Daniel couldn't make it to Peru, the fruit of his life ministered to people there in Peru. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everybody in here knows the effects of being around Daniel, even if it's five seconds, the way he could just change your day in a flash and look at you and wonder why you're being the way you are and why you're not happy. Daniel and I had a, uh, a little thing going on in this aisle right here. Uh, we would run at each other in a greeting, bump stomachs. And he would catch me so I wouldn't go flying, which, hallelujah, is one giant of a man. Uh, I was sitting here one Sunday night getting my Bible ready out of my bag and getting ready to start praying. And I see on my right side this big thing approaching. And I'm getting a little nervous, so I stand up, and Daniel comes right at me, bumps me, catches me. And says, I need you to pray for me about something. I said, anything, Daniel. He goes, these hands? And have you seen this man's hands? <laughs> Registered weapons. <laughs> he says, I want these hands to lose all power. And I want the power of God to come into these hands. And he would tell me all the time, man. I want to be a pillar in this church. I want to, I want to represent God as a pillar here. And I want to do it well. Really grew a huge appreciation for the man because he was really hungry to do these things that he was saying. We went to praying and we landed in uh, Nehemiah 6, verse 9. Prayed over this for a while here and at the shop. For all of them were trying to frighten us, thinking they will become discouraged with the work and it will not be done. But now, O oh God, strengthen my hands. <laughs> and so, two things that Daniel did not want associated with his life was the influence by the world and operating in his own strength. And that's the things that I really, really enjoyed about Daniel. And you know, he just had a way about him that you could not resist Amen. his presence. So I have a lot of funny stories about Daniel. Yeah. But, and and you're, you'll probably hear a lot of funny stories today. Um, but the one story, and it's something that Daniel and I and Randy talk about all the time. This happened in 2016. Uh, we just moved into our house, and um, R Randy and Joy were at a ladies' meeting and Daniel um, came over, and Deacon and Sarah were playing upstairs. They were, they were about two years old at the time. 
Delio and I were watching the kids, and Deacon was a little under the weather. And Daniel was holding up, holding him up like this, and Deacon started coughing. And mid mid cough, Deacon projectiles into Daniel's mouth. <laughs> and that's the first time that I've seen the man the size of a bear get caught um, like a deer in headlights. And he stood up not knowing where to go or what to do. So, so I had to grab Deacon out of his hands, lead him down to the bathroom, turn on the shower for him to jump in. And um, he proceeded to spend the rest of the, the night in his underwear uh, while we washed his clothes. There are so many stories like this of Daniel. His keen ability to take the simplest of situations and make it memorable. I am proud and honored to be a part of his life and learn so much from his way of life. Like David's mighty men in 2 Samuel 23, Daniel, without thought, would do whatever he needed to be done for his king and his family. Though not a perfect man, Daniel, much like David, was a man after God's own heart because he did everything that God told him to do. There was, nev- there was never coasting for Daniel. He gave 200% in everything that he did, and even in kickball. <laughs> Most of all, he loved with everything that he had. In Acts 20, 24, as, as is nearing the end of Paul's life. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. If only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord has given me. The task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. Daniel, our brother and fellow soldier in Christ, He has finished the race and completed the task assigned to him. And until we meet again and join each other in the resurrection. Well, my story begins with... uh, sharing how I always got to uh, meet Daniel, whether it was at Randy's house at a birthday party, whether it was uh, here at Foundations or at Elder Stevens' house at Foundations, whether it was at a one association meeting. It was always the same when we got to meet. He never deviated from that, just like he never deviated from his faith. But it was always bear hug. Fight the good fight, Pastor Treaster. I'm proud of you. <laughs> and it was always the same. It never, it never changed no matter where we were. Now that you know that part, I'm wondering if you know the rest of the passage of Scripture that he would quote to me. Because he, he never quoted the rest of it. It was always just fight the good fight. And it's 1 Timothy chapter 6. 
verse 12. And y'all bear with me. I'm fighting just to get my breath today. So 1 Timothy 6.12 says, fight the good fight of faith. Listen to this next part. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called. He never quoted that next part to me. It was always, fight the good fight, Pastor Treaster. And then I got to sit down yesterday and read the rest of that. And I'm like, is that a timely message or what? Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called. And you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I had some time yesterday to to think about all of this. (laughs) And yesterday was the 4th of July. We Celebrated our nation's independence. Big deal, right? But as an ex-military guy, loving military stories and loving stories about fighting, I found myself thinking yesterday about some of the battles that our country has come through to get to where we are now. And I particularly found myself thinking about December 7th, 1941. Japanese bombed our naval forces in Pearl Harbor. And uh, after they got done, it was a complete surprise. They were landing back on the aircraft carriers. And the one carrier that held the mastermind behind the surprise attack was watching his airmen get out of their planes. They were slapping, high-fiving. They had won a big victory. They had won a battle. One of his junior officers is standing there. He looks at him. He says, Sir, why are you no happy? We just won a big battle. And he said, I'm afraid that all we've done is to wake up a sleeping giant. You know, I don't need to tell you this morning that there's a lot of economic unrest in our nation today. There's a lot of political unrest in our nation today. There's a lot of social unrest in our nation today. And I'm praying that the sleeping giant of the church will rise up and fight the damn war that we were designed to fight. And we won't quit fighting until we win the war. We don't have an opportunity to quit or to step back. We have to keep fighting. So how are we going to finish this thing? We're going to keep fighting. That's what we're going to do because that's what we are created to do. And Daniel's expecting us to keep fighting the good fight. Are you with me today? Daniel has certainly set a fine example for us, hasn't he? Yes, sir. About four weeks ago, Daniel and I were sitting in the living room in Denton, Texas. You see, y'all were blessed to have him around here very much, but that was not only where he was. He made his way around to do work in the kingdom, and he would not be stopped. We're in the living room, and he sits down on the couch, and he does the biggest, smallest things he did on, the, uh, on there. He just goes, <sighs> I said, how you doing, brother? I'm doing good, Pastor. I'm just walking the walk of a true son, he said. (laughs) Uh, 
And then he looked at me and he said, do you remember when we met in a living room? Just like this one? <laughs> and I said, yeah, I do. Randy, you remember that? Here, in Justin Treister's living room, I meet Daniel and Randy Smith for the first time. And they are visiting and, and working their way towards getting here. And I'm asking them their testimony and, you know, the things that this house does. You know, when did you fall in love with Jesus, right? And quickly I realized these people were not joking. They were fully in love with Jesus. And as we begin to pray together, because that's what Daniel wanted to do. The Spirit of God started to fall in that place. And the Holy Spirit started to fill him and Randy. And Randy, right, before long, she's on the ground, right? Just succumbed by the overwhelming presence of the Holy Spirit. And I'm praying with Daniel. And he starts to sway. And when that happens with Daniel, that's dangerous. <laughs> and I'm praying and I'm going, okay. Let's see what happens. And as I begin to pray, he sways more and more. And all of a sudden, he starts to buckle under the presence of the Holy Ghost. And I realize that he's about to go down, but his wife is on the ground. And I'm sure that that's the end of her. And so the power of God enables me to tackle the man on his way down so that he doesn't crush his lovely wife. And praise God, he misses her by inches. <laughs> and I remember as I step back, just hands off, because I see God doing a holy work there. And I'm asking God, man, what's going on? And, and he's, the Holy Spirit speaks to me clearly and says, this man is going to make an impact. As I was praying for, for the last few days, Lord, in one word, how could you sum up the man's life? And he said, impact. And we've heard it in so many forms and, and ways, haven't we? You see, that man is making an impact and has made an impact on many of our lives. And as he is sitting in Denton, Texas, not, some, not a place that benefits him, but only benefits us by him being there. He's there helping young men build a business and helping young men see what it is to be a true son. They're loving on them. That's what he's doing there. Having to be away from his wife and exhausted from what he had to do. That was what he chose to do because his mission was to make an impact everywhere that he went. Matthew 13, 38 says, the good seed stands for the sons of the kingdom. That's an obscure verse, but if you understand the parable, he's saying, right, that sons of the kingdom are like seeds. And that's what God did in Daniel. He planted a good seed in the field of men. And he's also planted that impact in your hearts and in mine, I'm telling you that the, the saints in, at Remnant Church in Denton, Texas, have been impacted from this man's life just like you have been impacted and just like I have been impacted. Amen. Daniel was a true son. I remember those words ringing 
in my ears. And this is his own words. True sons are like seeds, the scripture says. Every seed is created to impact the soil in which it was planted. The scripture also says that the soil is the hearts of men. And that impact is being planted in us this morning, has been planted, has it not? Is that just me or is that true? That is what Daniel did. He was a man that lived with intense purpose. And I know when I say intense, that is a magnified word when you think about Daniel Smith. Right? He lived to maximize his impact. He wouldn't have it any other way. And he's done that in my life. And he's done that in your life. Wherever he went. Daniel was a seed sown into the hearts of men. We've quoted 1 Corinthians 15 here. I think God's trying to teach us something. In 1 Corinthians 15, 37, it said, What is planted is not what it will be. Hmm. Daniel's body today might be planted in the ground, but the impact of his life has been firmly planted in ours. Today, although we mourn, we do not grieve as the world does. Because we know that what has been sown perishable will soon be raised imperishable. Can you feel that victorious nature in here today? Because that is the power of the resurrection in which our faith and our hope is in. Amen? Amen. At this present time, it may appear that the enemy has won a battle. But God's word assures us. That he has most certainly lost the entire war. Actually, Hosea 13, 14 is what's being quoted in 1 Corinthians 15. And if Daniel was here today, I think he would probably go ahead and confess that he was maybe getting a little affectionate for the King James Version. Let me quote it to you in the King James. Right before you do. In the message, there is a beautiful section that Daniel is sharing. And he said, Brother Tom, would you read this passage? Wait a minute, Tom. Is that King Jimmy? Spencer, you read. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I have to confess, I know what I'm doing. He's not here today. So I'm picking, giving him, throwing him a bone that we'll pick in eternity. But Hosea 13, 14, you're going to love this. It says, I will ransom them. My people, this is God speaking. I will ransom them from the power of the grave. I will redeem them from death. Oh, death, I will be your plague. Oh, grave, I will be your destruction. Today, saints, I am convinced that Daniel Smith and his brothers will soon stand shoulder to shoulder once again. At the resurrection. But until then, the impact of his love for Jesus and for his kingdom and for his people that has been planted in me, in his magnificent sons and his magnificent wife and his brothers in this place, we will not rest and his impact will not rest upon dormant soil. Daniel is standing face to face and shoulder to shoulder with Jesus right now. As we speak, 
he gets to do so. My brother Daniel from your brothers at Remnant Church. As Revelation 22 says three times when Jesus says, I am coming soon. I am coming soon. Look, I am coming soon. My words to you, my brother, are Maranatha. My words to you are, Lord, come quickly. And Daniel, come on too. I keep looking at the pictures go by. I see that picture of Daniel with his hat on backwards and his finger pointing forward. And every time I look at it, I feel like he's telling us to go. Yeah. When he, in that message clip where he said, it's time, it's time, I could hear the prophetic weight of that on this particular body. Thinking about Psalms 84, where it says, blessed is the man whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. Passing through the valley of Baca, they make it a spring. The early rain also covers it with blessings. And they go from strength to strength. Every one of them appears before God in Zion. The first time I ever met Daniel, he slapped my leg pretty hard and said, tell me your whole story. And he was really interested in the testimony of my life. And as I stand up here today, I know... I have his church family, his family's watching, a mom and dad is watching their son's memorial service. And I would say to them that all the way from the state of Virginia in an entire church body there, your son made an impact. He made a tremendous impact. And I was thinking during this testimony portion, praying through it, I felt the Lord stirring me to... Make a declaration of the testimonies that are to come. Uh, Not only for this church body which is being propelled to new heights. When he says in um, Psalm 116 that precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. But what does that mean? How is this precious? Well, we have to have the kingdom perspective. We have to have the kingdom perspective that somehow allows us to see how God sees the death of a saint. And he calls it precious. And so as I boarded a plane yesterday, I felt the Lord give me four scriptures that I want to give specifically to you, Randy, and Deacon, and Zadok, and Canon. The first scripture he gave me was out of Judges chapter 6, and it was for Canon. And... Through that, and I'll summarize because I don't want to take a long time, but somewhere in 11 through 14 in the entire call of Gideon, and I felt in Gideon's heart cry saying, how has this happened? Where are the miracles that our fathers told us about? That what rose up and carried Gideon to accomplish that work, and it's it's what I'm praying and speaking over canon today, is that... That voice, the Lord says, have I not called you? Canon will know that voice. 
And he will run in that calling because he will hear the words of his heavenly father saying, have I not sent you? Despite the questions, despite the uncertainties, Cannon's calling is of God. And he will always hear that voice. I prayed for Deacon and thought of Daniel chapter 3. I thought of verses 18 and 28. The faith deacon that you will have, my man, to stand in the face of all opposition and your heart so full of faith that the even if is always a roar of your heart. And that the testimony of that is seen down in verse 28 where Nebuchadnezzar's heart is turned to acknowledge the power of Yahweh God. That deacon will have a resounding faith that will affect even the world's esteemed leaders. I prayed for Zadok and I thought and prayed and felt the Spirit give me Ezekiel chapter 8 that the man of God would stand in the thresholds and the entrances, be willing to dig a hole straight through a wall, to call out idolatry and to tear down the strongholds of his day. And Randy, I prayed this for you and my family and I and our church will constantly be praying this for you. But in Psalms chapter 6, I'm going to flip to this one. In Psalms chapter 6, he's given you a grace in this hour that is incredible. And he's giving it to you because he's walking you guys through this. He'll never leave your side. You and your sons hold to... Every promise that He's ever given you because God's promises are always true and right. Even when we don't understand it, they're always true and right. And so hold to them. But I prayed this out of Psalms chapter 6, verse 8. Depart from me all who do iniquity. The Lord has heard the voice of my weeping. And the Lord has heard my supplication. The Lord receives my prayer. And all my enemies will be ashamed and greatly dismayed. And they will turn back and they will suddenly be ashamed. And Randy, that God's given you a prayer, a power of prayer that will forever uphold the calling of these sons that He's given you. And that every power hell has that tries to come against you or your boys or the calling and the testimonies that have yet to unfold, they will all run Because of the power of your prayer life. The Lord receives your prayers, Randy. He hears your weeping. He receives your prayers. And the enemy will be ashamed and run. Because of the power. The Smith family will carry on the legacy of their father. Because Daniel was a stone stacker. There are memorial stones stacked everywhere. And boys, you'll always be able to... Look back to this service. You'll look to your family. And you'll know that an example is set before you. When you see those stones, ask. And you will hear the testimonies. Thank you, mighty God. I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name for Randy, for Deacon, for Zadok, and for Cannon. I pray, God, in the mighty name of Jesus, that you would impress these words upon them, Father. And let the testimony of their life continue to be built. Lord, that that You have established this calling 
And that even on uncertain days, there is a certainty. And that certainty is that this moment is precious. Because what you are leading them into is of magnificent proportions. And I pray, God, that you'd make your face to shine upon them. God, and accomplish all your work through them that you had set out for them to accomplish. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. The testimonies are numerous. I think it's probably best if I summarize a few. For the last several days, pastors have been sending them to me. In a nutshell, what Pastor Justin Johnson said of King's Harvest is that Daniel and Randy's mere presence in their service, as they were a surprise, lifted him from a low place and gave him the strength to boldly declare what he knew he must. Uh, Justin was actually choked up with me on the phone. It's something special when congregations far and wide, whether with maximal contact or just monthly contact, there's this kind of impact. But it's universal. This morning, Chicago sent me audio of their elders giving, giving testimonies, of the pastors giving testimonies. And time won't permit for that, but I would like to summarize them. Elder Mark Morrison, his first real missions experience, he encountered Buddy and Daniel. Mark was coming from a really different background than us. It's fair to say he was cessationist. And he had to watch those two guys praying in tongues with their eyes closed while driving. We can thank Daniel for starting that theological discussion later that day. Uh, all, all joking aside, Mark said it was one of the more awe-inspiring and frightening things he had ever seen. And he realized something was different about the way that he felt about things and Daniel. And I think you know now, Elder Morrison's one of the more spirit-filled human beings you'll ever meet. He also shared a testimony that, again, I, I just have to summarize, but he had a word for Daniel. He, he said he's like Azahel, the uh, brother of Joab. He's fleet-footed. He's always going after. And this is because Daniel and Randy traveled the country for 30 days, and they were in every one of the churches. And Mark saw that even though he was exhausted and he was tired, that Daniel was always sharing the word everywhere he went. This is Mark's testimony. And he said, and I was sitting there hoping that I got the name right and, and hoping that it was a good testimony. And I have a bed upstairs with several mattresses stacked on, and... Daniel was in that bed. It was just where they stored mattresses. And he said, and then I heard this thunderous uh, noise. And he realized that the man that he was saying was as fleet-footed as a gazelle had just descended from a mattress onto the floor, and you could hear it throughout the house. <laughs> Daniel was a man of those kind of contradictions, though. In some ways, could be hugely intimidating. In all of the right ways. Uh, it's encouraging beyond description. Pastor Massey simply said that the very first encounter that he ever had with Daniel was on a missions trip. That he saw Daniel get slain in the spirit and knew that this could not be a joke. This could not be fake. That what he just saw was real. 
And he, on his next trip to this church, went with Daniel to preach in prison. And he knew that he wanted the fire that he saw happening there. Friends, these are testimonies from pastors and elders. The impact that Daniel has had on their lives. Pastor Slaughter, the Arising Church, has this testimony starting in John fifteen thirteen. No one has greater love nor stronger commitment than to lay down his life for his friends. In a conversation with Daniel just a few months ago, he shared with me why he was driving all over the country hot-shotting. He wanted to keep money coming into the business during the shutdown to support his partners. I realized that Daniel was doing this work to lay down his life for his brothers. We are in a northwest suburb of Chicago, and Daniel was supposed to overnight several hours away. He laughed at the idea of missing church, although it added another six hours worth of driving to his already rigorous schedule. I realized again he was demonstrating the strongest commitment to laying down his life for his friends. In a time when so many are walking away from Jesus and each other because of the cost to follow him. What a gift it is to have lived the way Daniel did all the way up until seeing his Savior face to face. I pray that the riches of heaven would be poured out on his beautiful bride and his children of promise. Amen. From Buddy Brasso. In Chivai, Peru, Buddy B, as Daniel called me, was always willing to go to the ends of the earth with me, and I will always cherish our time together. He was a spiritual brother to me, closer than any physical brother could have been in my life. Daniel wanted me to succeed in God's kingdom and was willing to work as hard as he needed to see that happen. For this, I am forever grateful, and I will not back down as my family and I continue to press on in Chivai, Peru. I praise God that my uh, little brother, was so willing <laughs> to help us lay down a firm foundation in Christ Jesus in Peru. He goes on to say, We live by the sword of the Spirit, that is the Word of God, and we die by our faith and deep convictions of the hope and the resurrection only to live again. Amen. Daniel was always ready to put his mezuzah into practice no matter where he was, even in the deepest canyon in the world in San Juan de Tucho, Peru, bringing life by bridging the gap between God and man. Daniel always set the example for bridging the gap, and now I look forward to seeing his sons continue the work as they are about their father's business. Can't wait to finish my race by keeping the faith so I can see him again. And he just wants to tell you, Randy, that he loves you and your family very much. That's from uh, Pastor Buddy Brasso. We're reaching uh, the place where we're about to hear Daniel closing his message. But I did want to provide an opportunity we wanted to provide an opportunity for those from within this body that worked every day with Daniel or that live in the same home with Daniel uh, to come and share a favorite memory with us. And you can come at once. While we're waiting for them to arrive, I want you to know, Randy, that there's a general debate in my home right now. And... Uh, I don't know who else is aware of it, but from time to time, I've wanted to kill one of my teenagers, sometimes more than one of my teenagers. But there's one blonde-haired, blue-eyed teenager from my house that Daniel really loved, especially. And uh, no matter how often Daniel would call me, uh, and maybe we would be counseling about something in Daniel's life, he never failed to encourage me and advocate for my blonde-haired, blue-eyed son. 
So the debate in my home at this moment is, is Gabriel better off with Daniel standing next to Jesus or standing between him and dad? <laughs> and uh, all we can say is Daniel knows the answer to these mysteries. We do not. What a blessing. What an amazing man of God. There's some in here that might say that maybe Daniel was, you know, you were Daniel's favorite, but I don't believe it. Not, not, not for a second. There's not many in here who could say that Daniel actually saved my life. He gave me a place where I was in a, one of the hardest parts of my life. And it reminds me of the scripture here. It's 1 John 4.21. And he has given us this command. Whoever loves God must also love his brother. Every single person in here knows that that's what Daniel's life was defined by. But Daniel, Daniel did it in a special way. In a way to be emulated. And Daniel's life is a life that is to be, to be imitated, to be celebrated. I love that man. He, there was one particular time. Um, I was going through a really hard time. And Daniel was upstairs with Randy and I called him. And I was in the corner and I was crushed. And uh, I called him and I heard this thunderous sound from upstairs. And Daniel's just... Doom, 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 doom. And he's sprinting downstairs and he doesn't have anything on but his underwear. This is several instances. He had his chain on too. And, uh, and, I'm, in, and I'm in the corner and, and, I, and I'm praying, I'm crying out to God. And Daniel sprints downstairs and he scoots me up in his bosoms. And... It, and he starts, he starts shouting in tongues the way everybody in here knows that Daniel can do. And the spirit filled Chris Farley. And um, the presence of God fell on about 750 pounds worth of man right there. And Daniel did something that day. And after he got done praying, he said, I'm standing with you. We're going to do this day by day together. Amen. We're going we're gonna to stand by each other day by day, and we're going to do this. And I know at the very end of our conversation, he told me this. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. He who overcomes the world. He said, Spencer, we're going to help you overcome. And that's what Daniel did for every single person in here. And that's what we want to live our lives as today. Amen. We want to remember him that way. And uh, that's, that's the major theme of Daniel's life that I want to emulate. Amen. One of my first interactions with Daniel, uh, we were at Foundations, one of the first Foundations we came to. And Pastor asks someone to pray and close us out and uh i just am shocked by the shock wave of dear heavenly father god 
we call down fire! <laughs> I'm like, man, there's like a WWF wrestler praying right now. <sighs> I, I, I tried to emulate it. It didn't work out so well. Um, one, one time, it was right after India, we, we, we preached, and I was, I was walking out to the car, and I just I hear Daniel's footsteps, and he's, Caleb Brown! <laughs> this is intimidating. And I, I look up, and he's chasing me down. I need to talk to you! Okay, brother. Let's go to lunch. And, um, he told me that the, the Lord had spoken to him right, right then in the, in the meeting that our lives are going to be connected for the the rest of our lives. We, we're supposed to do ministry together. Our families will be together. And uh, I'm like, okay, well, maybe maybe we should move in together at some point. He's like, well, my lease is up at the end of the month. <laughs> so I, I said, all right, let me pray about it. And the Lord gave me this scripture, Proverbs 18, 24. A man of many companions may come to ruin but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. <laughs> and <laughs> there's so many of us that would love to say Daniel is our best friend. <laughs> and we can all debate on who was the best towards on Daniel's end, but he was the best on my end. <laughs> he loved people deeply. He was very generous. He gave till he didn't have any left to give. And we see that played out now. He has given his all for the gospel. I was thinking of 1 Corinthians chapter 5. I'll be brief. For while we were still in this tent, we groaned being burdened. Not that we would be unclothed, but that we would be further clothed. So that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. So we are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. Yes, we are of good courage and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. Daniel is at home with the Lord. He is not dead. He's swallowed up in life. Daniel was a dear brother to all of us, and we had a special blessing in being able to walk side by side with each other every day for years. And uh, as the pastors and elders recounted earlier, he was a man of boundless strength and an infectious joy that it's hard to get away from. Uh, it's amazing characteristics that are immediately obvious about the man's life. We also had the opportunity to have him rescue our butts many times and also have him get us in trouble many times over the years. And I think other than my wife, he's the only person to call me just to talk as many times as he has over the last year. And I love him dearly. I still do because he's not with us now, but he is alive and I'm so looking forward to seeing him. 
Rather than recounting stories that are three, four, five years old, I want to sum up his life saying that it was a progressive revelation, a progressive increasing of faithfulness, a progressive obedience to the King of Kings. Last weekend, I had the pleasure of sitting down with my wife and writing out Abigail Traits. Um, For those of you that don't know what those are, we're speaking about how a family functions before the Lord and how God sees them. And a couple moments just to discuss it with Randy. This is true of Daniel as we read these, and it's true of Randy. It's true of Deacon. It's true of Zadok, and it's true of Canon. Pastor Zeke, thank you for what you shared, by the way. Revelation 3.12 speaks of a pillar in the house of God. The Smith family are pillars in the house of God. More than ever, that has been fully realized with Daniel. Not only in the earthly representation, but in the heavenly representation today as we sit here. Out of 1 Samuel 23, Elder John mentioned this earlier. The Smith family strengthens the Lord's soldiers, their brothers, their family. Now the Almighty God will strengthen Daniel Smith with all power at the resurrection of the dead. The Smith family stands firm not only for them, but for those that are around them. Out of Exodus 14, 13 through 16, they see the deliverance of their God. Amen. Daniel has seen the deliverance of our God and will see it as he is riding back in the clouds with him. Amen. That same model, that same anointing is on the three sons that you see in front of you. And his lovely wife that was pastored well. That was able to bridge gaps. That understands the calling that has been given. It's one thing to leave a testimony that is work. It's another thing to leave a testimony that is the lives that are behind you that know what they are called to do. Psalm 112 speaks about a generous man and what will happen to his family. The Smith family is a family that is generous in all kinds of ways. Sacrificial in every area. And Daniel Smith will be remembered. And this family will not be shaken. 1 Peter 2 speaks about a kind of loyalty that only comes from Christ. Proverbs 17, 17 does as well. The Smith family build loyalty and demonstrate how to be a brotherhood to others. I think everyone in this room who spent some time around Daniel knows he is a brother and he shows you how to be one. Their family embody these attributes. They still do. And these sons are going to carry on what their father has started. And we are counting on a family of God around that will help them achieve that. Dano died never missing a single church service. He went to every service with his family while he was ill. He worked all week long and did not miss a single day. And he studied the word with his friends as he did it. Those of you that have walked alongside Daniel as his faith and life has grown, you know that he would never do anything different. He died exactly how he would want to. Sitting with his wife and his children, worshiping the living God. Doing the job that he was called to do, not quitting for a moment. And in the passion of his life, studying the word and writing out stones for the rest of us just before he went. That is how we want to live. The blood of Jesus Christ has purchased our lives, whether or not you are currently obeying him. But it is owed to him. Daniel, a servant of the almighty king, died setting us an example that we must not love our lives so much as to shrink back from what we are called to do. I want to tell you today, I want to make good on Jesus' sacrifice and on His. I implore you to look at the man's life through the joy, 
through the strength that was there, through the difficult moments, and consider how you might finish your life faithfully as he did. I guarantee you the Smith household will finish well. These boys will finish well. May we live a legacy that is children, that is that so well know our calling that if we were gone, the work didn't stop. See, there are gaps that are going to be bridged. There are ministries that will continue to be enabled and it is going to come from this house. My favorite moments are the moments that I was desperate and the Smiths gave me hope. They did it again and again. I'm going to let my brothers continue to share about the Smith household, but I wanted you to know who they were a week ago. They were more than when we first met them. So Daniel, my family, uh, my wife and I, Randy and the kids, we had the joy of living together for a year in 2017. Uh, Randy, what was the size of that house? Like 1,100 square feet? So we, we got pretty close. And um, I remember I'd always hear Daniel uh, screaming at the other end of the house. I'd always hear him, Randy! Randy! <laughs> And I hear Randy going, all right, Deacon, Deacon, stop! <laughs> he, he usually didn't get up to get somebody. He yelled, <laughs> called for them. One, uh, one day I, I was in my room and I heard him, Justin, hey, come out here. <laughs> I come out and Daniel says, brother, we need to talk. So he brought me outside. In front of our house was a tiny, tiny little bench that looked like it it would have broken if you stuck a bowling ball on it. So Daniel's walking around. He's, why don't we sit here? <laughs> I, said, I don't know, Daniel. I don't know if that's going to work. So I sit down on it and everything's fine. Daniel sits down next to me. And the legs of the chair sank into the ground to where we were just sitting on the ground <laughs> in the bench. Both of us are flailing to try to get up, but we can't because his body is wrapped around my body in the chair. And the arms of the, the bench are keeping us in the bench. He sat down and he had a conversation with me about things going on in his life. And those of you who know Daniel, you get, got close to Daniel. Daniel liked to have intimate conversations. We had many conversations about dreams and visions. Uh, as soon as he came to the job site, I, I knew he was there because he would always yell, Hey, Seuss! Where are you at, Jesus? If you guys don't know Jesus, Daniel hired him, and he's right back there. He was coming yelling, where's Fabian at? These guys are here because Daniel hired them. They're here as a testimony of Daniel. They loved Daniel because of the character and the way he took care of them. I was with Daniel last week on the job site all week. He texted me Tuesday. said, hey, how you feeling? I said, man, I am sick as a dog. And he texted me, and he says, hey, I'm going to cover for you. I'll come in and take your spot. I responded and I said, to hell with that. I'm not letting you take my spot. So we both worked sick together. And last week he, he was a little bit stressed, but he kept looking at me and he said, you know, Justin, I'm not stressed because I know the Lord's not going to provide for this business. I'm stressed because I care about the guys working with us and I care about their families. I said, I care about you and I care about your family that you succeed in doing what God's calling you to do. Three weeks ago, I had a conversation with him, and he, he told me the vision that he sees from my life. It's an amazing thing to think about, isn't it? 
He fulfilled the role of a pillar in our midst. And he, he laid out what he saw the rest of my life would be in Judah's life. And he laid out what he saw us doing together in a swan. It's incredible to see Daniel as a man. Although he faced enemies of his own, he was always looking to provide and bridge the gap for those around him. I want to share a scripture. This came to my mind last, last, this passing week when I thought about our brother graduating into his heavenly position. This comes from Jude one twenty four. It says, To him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. Our king of kings kept Daniel from stumbling. Our king of kings kept Daniel without fault. These last five years he, he was here, Daniel was being discipled. Daniel had a chance that very few have, and it's to be discipled with your family and grow into the kingdom. These last five years, the king of kings kept Daniel so that the king of kings can present him before himself into his glorious presence where Daniel now stands. Daniel was a faithful soldier and us four in the company, we were soldiers together. I'm proud of my comrade. I'm proud that he fought his fight and now he is before the glorious presence of God. To him who is able to keep you from falling and present you before his glorious presence without fault and great joy. To the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. Daniel now is standing with that king. And like my brother Judah, I implore you to take the same path that Daniel Smith did. The calling is to discipleship. The calling is to grow into the kingdom and do the will of God. Take that seriously like our brother Daniel did. And you will receive the same reward he did. Jesus Christ will present you without fault and stumbling. And you will be presented before his glorious presence. Amen. past few days thinking about Daniel and his life and our interactions together and the time that we spent. Uh, a lot of things come to mind. Uh, teaching me to dip Copenhagen mint pouches is one of them. Uh, how to abuse caffeine in a way that no human being ever has before is another. But I remember the first time I sat in the Red Ranger with him and we were the only two employees of the company. And he looked at me and he said, one day, you'll be me sitting in the driver's seat and there'll be somebody sitting in the passenger seat with you. He, from the day that I started with him, I think more than anything, Daniel was an advocate. Amen. He was loyal. He was joyful. He was hardworking. But in my life, he stood in the gap. He made up the difference for me. He watched me total multiple vehicles that he gave me, watched me mess up jobs regularly, and I remember when it was Daniel, Fabia, and I, and we were doing the jobs ourselves. Really easy, bro. <laughs> but Daniel, Daniel developed a uh, teaching, a, a saying that uh, I'll read in Exodus 32, but it came from a few places. That was faith enough. And the, the ending of that saying was whatever had to be done that day. 
You have to have faith enough for today. Russo's job, you have faith enough for Russo's. It's painting job in a living room, you have faith enough for the painting job. Daniel's life was built around advocating for people and having faith for that day. There's not a single man on that back row there that works for him that hasn't been saved from the wrath of Judah at some point by Daniel, myself included. <laughs> and thinking about Daniel, one of my favorite stories is that we had a job site in Livingston and we were going to go stay at the customer's lake house. And he asked me to come with him because people just love Daniel like that. You know, build my house and go stay at my other summer home while you're at it. <laughs> um, and we decided to stop at CVS to pick up snacks because we were going to watch a movie as grown men do. And so we're picking up Oreos and ice cream and I go to the beer fridge and I say, Daniel, what, what would you like to drink? And he grabbed a bottle of wine off of the counter and I was awestruck. I didn't think that the burly contractor was a wine drinker. <laughs> we get back to the uh, lake house, we watch movies, we ate Oreos, we drank really, really cheap wine. But then the next day, it was just something about Daniel that I, I loved as he was adventurous like I was. And he wanted to go see if we could do something just to do it. And so we found a path that was a small stream that led to Lake Livingston. And we realized that there was kayaks in the garage and we thought, hey, let's take some kayaks out there. We get into the stream and it's deep enough to be on the kayak and there's a clear sign that says maximum of 250 pounds on the kayak that Daniel was on. So I was already excited to see how this was going to go. <laughs> and as we got going down the stream, there was parts of it that got so shallow, it was just a couple inches. And my 150 pound self at the time was just skimming over the edge of the water. And Daniel behind me and I hear a mixture of alarming noises getting more and more frequent. <laughs> And I turn around and to stay on top of the water, he has laid down on top of the kayak and is trying to paddle <laughs> like this. And to make matters worse, an old man is sitting on his porch and he says, Hey, buddy, I don't think that kayak's big enough. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> but the fun part about all of it is we made it to the end and we actually ended up walking out onto the lake because the drought was so bad and we... Got to stare at a sunset in a really romantic view with my uh, big contractor boss and realized that the Lord had given us some time that we had a job to do, but I just got to spend with my friend. In the midst of everything that Daniel did, I would challenge the men in the room who owe him, oh, you owe him your life. We wouldn't have employment. We wouldn't be able to take care of our families. And the people in this room that he's poured into, he spent his life for you. He spent his life to see you succeed. Spend your life for someone else. Find that stupid teenager to put in the passenger seat of the truck and teach him something. Make sure that what he did for you isn't wasted. Daniel finished his race working hard. I want to finish my way race working hard. If it's your desire... If it's your desire to imitate Daniel by advocating for stupid teenagers, we will provide a list uh, for you. Almost unending list. In our final few minutes together, uh, Pastor Hutchinson, you said it so well.
you kept saying about the word impact. Pastor Zeke, our elders, Pastor Treister, the voices that were shared let you understand the kind of impact that you've just heard about from a man's life, ever-growing, ever-increasing in the Lord. We're going to take a minute here, and we're going to finish out how and hear how Daniel closed his message from January of this year to make sure that that same kind of impact is something that we're involved with as well. Uh, Leslie! Sixteen, fifteen. Lord, I come like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake and remains clothed, so as not to go naked and be shamefully exposed. Paul, what did you say before we start this message? You're going to be stripped and exposed. Blessed are those who stay awake. And I promise you, if anyone you fell asleep tonight, I was going to call you out. I was, uh, <laughs> I was, woo! <laughs> Blessed the one who stays awake and remains clothed. So as not to go naked and be shamefully exposed. My hope and prayer is that we stay clothed in the fullness of Christ and not end up shamefully exposed and naked. Stay awake, stay clothed in Him, and you will see your priesthood elevated. You will see your family grow and the flowers of the and the flowers of the earth. You will win. You will hand down your garments to your sons and daughters. And you will finish strong. Amen. But we have to stay awake. We have to stay clothed in the fullness of Christ. My last passage from the t- tonight comes right out of my family's mezuzah. I'm going to let my beautiful bride read that one. We're going to start in 1 Peter 5, 5 and go through verse 10. There. Likewise, you are younger. You who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary the devil prowls like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of sufferings are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Mm. See, that's my family mezuzah, 1 Peter 5, 8 through 10. Amen. Be alert of sober mind. Your enemy of the devil prowls around you like a roaring lion. Yes, he does. He's got the smiths all on his radar. Resist him. We're going to do that. Stand firm in Him, in faith, because you know that your family of believers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. So it gives me hope that I'm not in it alone. I ask you, I ask that you keep your clothes on. (laughs) 
that come from Christ, our Lord Savior. I ask that you humble yourselves and He will lift you up. I cannot want it more for you. You must want it for yourself. I ask that you throw off your anxiety and take up your priesthood God has called you and not dare and not desire an easy lifestyle, but one worthy of the King. I ask that you be sober-minded. I challenge you to take Satan out and put your your, your flesh under your feet. By doing this, you will see that you are not the only one going through this, but your brothers and sisters in Christ are enduring the same with you. You will see that God, the God of grace might, the God of grace meet right, meet you right where you are and clothe you with all power and all fullness of himself. You will be restored. You will be strong. You will be firm. You will be steadfast. Elevate your priesthood tonight. Keep your clothes on and take the challenge. This is everything I have for you. I have nothing left. Church Daniel's work is done. He said he had nothing left, but his challenge echoes on. And that challenge is, how seriously do you take the privilege of serving Jesus? One of Daniel's favorite biblical characters was Peter. Those guys are chatting it up right now. There's numerous citations in Daniel's Bible, uh, from Peter's epistles. We're closing the service today with a quote from Second Peter, chapter 1 and verse 10. Therefore, my brothers, be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never fall. And you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have. I think it is right to refresh your memory as long as I live in this tent of this body. Because I know that I will soon put it aside as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. And I will make every effort to see that after my departure, you will always be able to remember these things. Friends, this is the reality. Despite all of man's medical achievements, despite all mask wearing, all visqueen, all distancing, we still have a 100% mortality rate. Have you made your calling and your election sure? When you hear the kind of impact that Daniel has had on this community and communities around the United States. Will you have an impact like that? You heard from Daniel's own mouth that he has made every effort to see that you would be informed of these things. Every effort. If you were sitting earlier, 
wondering why. And we tried to refocus you on how. Let me tell you one way that you wipe away the indignity of death. You choose this day to be different for you. You choose this day to live as Jesus requires and Daniel demonstrated. Say, it's all so unfair. What's unfair is to keep ignoring the warnings. For the next year at LCM, we will stand as a reminder every single Sunday. But for some of you that won't be back at LCM, this might be your last chance to stand. We've just found out how suddenly and quickly these things can happen. If you find yourself facing Daniel or facing Daniel's king, will you be able to hold your head up high knowing that you have done the will of God? Not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom. The only one who enters the kingdom is he who does the will of my Father in heaven. So if you've been lied to and told all you have to do is believe, that is not true. Matthew 7.21 says it clearly. We are here to celebrate the life of Daniel. But I want you to know Daniel's entire life was aimed at the salvation of others. We're going to begin to worship. Some of Daniel's favorite possessions are right here. But his very favorite thing in the world was to contact his God at this altar. It's been a little over two hours. I don't know how you memorialize your friends. I've seen people drink excessively. seen people go buy things. I can tell you how the community of God memorializes our friends. We do the things that they did. We're going to finish today in worship. Those of you that need to get right with God. I'm talking in this house and those of you that are guests in this house. It makes no difference to me. Now is your chance to get right with him. I watched Daniel get right. And I watch him excel every day thereafter. I watched him trip but not fall. I saw him beaten but never destroyed. He finished in victory. And you owe your king nothing less. Would you stand to your feet as we begin to pray? Father, we miss our friend, but we are comforted by your Spirit. Lord, your Word calls the Spirit the Comforter, and yet some in this room are not comforted by your Spirit. They feel the weight and the guilt of their sin. And we would like them to be relieved in your presence. Lord, we say, come in your spirit of holiness now. Move upon this people. Lord, that there would be no more slavery to sin in this room. That there would be no more broken living in this room. Mighty God, would you move upon your people and rescue them? We need you, mighty one. We need you. 
We surrender ourselves here in this place to the moving of your spirit.
One final thing that we want to do together. Again, in accordance with Daniel's wishes. We told you earlier that we were singing his favorite songs. It's only about half true. He had only one favorite song. The others are close second and thirds. There's a song that we have modified by Leonard Skinner that Daniel loved. That we want to sing with you with his sons in the room. As we do, let's worship as the family of God. Lifting up that same kind of spirit that our Heavenly Father is in the room. Father, I thank You for the family that is here. Those that You are calling to be family, redeemed by Your blood. Lord, we raise our hands to You and we say, we are one with You. We want to be like You and we will be the family that You have called us to be. Mighty King, move inside of our midst. You are a loving Father. Walk close beside me and be holy, son. And listen closely to what I say. I'll lead you through this and will help you walk in the way. your heart and your faith will last trials will come and they will pass don't be troubled and don't be afraid and I will help you there's a price to be
don't shrink from death. You'll overcome to your final breath. I'll always be our great joy to celebrate Daniel's life and that will not stop stop I would encourage you throughout the day to share your favorite stories with each other I also want to give some instructions to the local body uh, do not walk up to Randy and express how deeply you're grieving how difficult you find it don't make her endure that again and again and again. In the kingdom, we're not fed in any way by somebody else's empathy. We're fed by biblical hope. There's no reason for you to express it. If that offends you, leave. The one thing that you should be expressing through your tears is the hope that we have. And I promise she would much rather hear a funny story, a life-giving story, than you to torture her with your feelings of grief. So I'm telling you we're better than that. And I want to say again, if you don't like it, I'm not asking your permission. We've done this a lot. And I imagine the nature of things is there's more of it in our future. We're going to learn to do it well. Randy is not a victim. She doesn't feel that way. This is Rambo. She's been encouraging us. Let your conversation be seasoned with salt. Let the Spirit breathe life and hope out of you. And when you must cry, because sometimes we must, force the corners of your mouth to point towards heaven as a statement of faith. We're going to pray and conclude our service here today.
But we want you to share your testimonies with each other forever. And this next Sunday, you'll see our very first moment where we stand to honor our brothers and the one association that have beat us to the king. Father, we do thank you. Lord, we thank you for the great cloud of witnesses that surrounds us. Lord, we hear your word and their example urging us forward. Lord, we ask that you bring us into a powerful unity that we might be able to stand. Lord, we know we will stand for you are able to make us stand. Lord, we trust your hand of provision on Randy. We trust that your guidance will be upon Deacon. Lord, we, we know that your hand is upon Zadok and Canon. Lord, we have confidence in our future. And nevertheless, we are asking for your comforting words. We love you, Lord. And to you be the kingdom. To you be the power and the glory forever and ever and ever. And all the people of God said, Remember, uplifting words in the name of Jesus Christ.